As a child, during holidays and family reunions, you are amazed at how many family members that you have and how many family members have different last names and how many have the same last name as yours. You try to piece together why this person has this name or why this person is with this person. But at the end of the day, they're all family. Now, your parents passed on certain information to you when you was a child in order to make you a better person in society. Now that we are the parents, we're supposed to do the same thing. And I find myself asking questions. Am I doing enough? Is there more that I can do? Will my child be better than me? So at the end of the day, do you really care about your family's name? That's the question we're going to explore today. And our special guest today, Teresa Allison, is with us in order to take a dive into that question. Now, Teresa is a busy mom who is the author of the book, Playing for Keeps. She has three children. And one of her key attributes that really impressed me is that she retired early. I mean, very early. So she has more time to spend with her kids. We are going to find out what a family name means to her and definitely what a family name means to me also. So without further ado, let's get this started in 10, Come on, Dad, stop playing around and play the music. Sheesh, tough crowd. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all financially? Do well-off parents simply hand their children money? Or is there more to this wealth thing? Welcome to Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. We are here to talk about everything you never knew to teach your children when it comes to starting their financial future. The principles behind wealth and methods that are out there to teach your child about personal financial freedom. There is no real trick to earning other than learning. We are here to discuss, teach, and grow with you. Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. With your host and concerned parent, Eric Yard. Let us get right into today's show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Raising Financial Freedom. I would like to welcome Teresa Allison. Thank you, Eric. Teresa, how are you doing today? Welcome. I'm doing. I'm doing really well. I'm doing Thank you. How fine. Are you? I'm doing fine. Glad you could join us today. I wanted to talk to you today about family. Me. How do you feel about family? With everything that's going on right now in the world, yeah. we are basically out of touch with family, but we are even closer to like our immediate family. How important is yeah. family to you? Oh gosh, it for me it's everything. I, I was a career women for many years and I did well. I sold my company. And then after about 20 years, I decided to retire and stay home with my kids. And the biggest thing that happened to me was a brush with, with 9-11. That kind of, that circumstance made me reevaluate everything that I was doing and why I was doing it. And what do you, money's great, but if you don't um, focus in on your family, you're losing what Really, I, I believe life right. is... But what's going on right now, I think in some ways that family has gotten a lot closer, but for the other parts of our family, our aunts or maybe cousins, we've lost we've lost touch with that. And I hope this is we'll get over this real soon. I, I, I hope so too. I think that our nuclear families have gotten closer, you're right. And because of distancing and whatnot, it's, it's been unfortunate. So let's talk about the family name. How important is your family name to you? And 
And, it, and in your opinion, Go ahead. how can you pass that torch on to the next generation? Great question. Great question. Family is everything to me. And I will tell you what, I, I was trained by the best because my father was all about family. And I just, I learned from him and I brought those values into raising my own kids and just teaching them how to make sure that hopefully they make right decisions. And the biggest thing for me with my family was, is I wanted to make sure that my example was something they could follow. Now, everyone's not perfect, but I really did try to just give a good example so they could have kind of a, a like you said, they have a torch that's carried off, you know, handed off to them and they can run with it. So, yeah, you have a little important. bit of a family heritage there. Can you go into it a little bit? You have a lot of important people within your family. I do. And I, and I really didn't realize this um, because my dad was a, a carpet salesman and we grew up mm-hmm. very humbly. And so anything that I um, wanted to get, I had to pay for. But back in 1992, my dad did some heritage work to find out who was our heritage. And we found out that we were connected to my great grandparents came over in the gold rush. My great my grandfather raced against William Mulholland, who was a, a big civil engineer out here because he brought water into California. My great my great grandparents were business partners and related to, gosh, just on and on, governor of California that stood next to Abraham Lincoln, literally at the first Republican wow. National Convention. Yeah, really cool. And um, they were big abolitionists. And I didn't know all this until I started to do the research after my dad died. And I just was following the clues because it wasn't even, you didn't have to do 23andMe. I just had to follow. There was just things written up on them that I could look on the internet, which my dad could not look up. So yeah, there was some Churchill from Winston Churchill on that side over from England. And so I I just always wondered, (laughs) I was this woman that was always so driven and a woman in a man's world, Eric, you Mm -hmm. can imagine this. It was me in the 90s. And an insurance brokerage, and it was all men. And we were tied to Lloyd's of London, which for 300 years did not allow women on the underwriting floor. So it was really interesting. Just I was the diversity that was brought into really the business at that time. And when I did the heritage work, I looked back and I thought, okay, now it makes sense. Okay. I, 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 it just was, it just made sense why maybe I was so driven and why I was, I was a P major in college, Eric. So I wasn't really mm-hmm. trained to do it, but I, I liked sales and I liked to compete. And so you throw me in a men's world, a man's world. And I was a woman who could, could compete. And that in that day and age, it, what would you say is the biggest so, challenge you had to overcome? Well, I'll tell you what's so funny. I was able to work with men because I really work with my sense of humor. I, I just get people off guard and will joke because I do. I'm everybody's smart side. And then I have a side that's an airhead side that just gets into Lucille Ball. I love, I love Lucy things. So I would have the guys laughing and then we could do business. But my biggest challenge, Eric, was some women mm-hmm. who were threatened by me. And I had to figure out how it was It was like, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, we should right. be helping each other out. We're the ones that are odd, mm-hmm. odd women out. So I had to learn uh, to work. There were several women and I had to really stand up for myself and put some uh, gentle boundaries out there and just not allow. Sometimes it was like bullying. And that really was my biggest challenge. I had to overcome that time again. Oh. You well, it think was so, the 90s. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So your kids are there for the ups and the downs. Uh, what do you think they've taken out of your journey, what they've seen and what you, they, you think uh, that they're going to use? 
I would say resilience and the just having a mentality of I can when when we I just live that life of when you find your passion and you go after that, that you can do it. So that same kind of had that same kind of mantra that I've handed off to my children and they've gone on and, and done things in their own. And yeah, I, I would just say resilience and I can. And there were there are many. My son back in back in 2000, 2008 asked me to write my story because he was right. getting ready to go to college. And so I, I wrote my story and I, I, I it was like 10 hours of really boring stuff on insurance. And then the last page was like lessons learned. And he pinned that up on his bulletin board when he went to UCLA. And then he graduated and I mentored him in his company. And at 27, he became one of the youngest principals in a multi-billion dollar mm. company in New York. And Eric, I'm like, wow, at that point, I, I'm like, I got to write this book. Mm-hmm, this is going mm-hmm. to help people. If, if I could, do, if I'm a woman and, and it can work for me and then it can work for him, it's like, really? So, the, so those pearls, I would say, in business, and they apply to life too, because it has a lot to do with really just being a good so the fruit. person. At, at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. For right. Me. And so... I, I, writing the book handed the torch off to them in regards to what they could, you know, how they could use it for business and how they could use it for raising their own kids and going on. So there. basically, the fruit didn't fall far from the tree. No. Really so you hasn't. have, you basically, you have two grown kids and then you have one who is a teenager now. So when they were yes. growing up, what money lessons or teachings in finance did you? Pass on. Here's the deal. So the first thing that really has been the foundation for me and money is that in my heritage, that big heritage, every other generation lost whatever they built. And so for me, it was really important if I ever was going to make a buck and do something down the line that I was going to not. So I, I always have had that kind of mentality with them. And when I ended up selling my company and was making the money that I did when I was working, I made them buy their car. I just, they didn't. Things didn't come easy. I would say to them, you know what? I bought my car and I bought everything I could and I had to work 15 and a half. And they're like, mom, that was back in the old days. <laughs> I'm like, there's some lessons to be learned about having to having to do it. But growing up, I, I really passed on to them that things aren't handed to you and that I had to work hard for it. And then I would teach them as they got older. I, I would transition them into you're going to go to college and then you're going to you're going to start to work. And, the, and the, if they will tell you one thing that I've driven home for them, with them is, <laughs> I say it over and over, max out your 401k, put as much money in your retirement vehicle as you can, because you'll have a match from your employer. And if you don't max what you put in there, it's like throwing money out mm-hmm. the window. They'll tell you that if you were to ask them, like, mom, really throwing money. I, yes, it's throwing money out the window because your employer is going to match and you've got to bring right. your game to the table which is your money to get it. So, so I I say the same thing for that same thing you were saying just now to adults. There's adults who don't believe in the 401k due to the fact of the type of investments the 401k may have within its portfolio. They may not like, because it's usually a small amount of stocks or bonds that that you can invest in your portfolio according to what company you work for. But that does not change the fact that company is matching your, the percentage you're putting in according to their policy as much uh, according to their policy. Now that's money you're throwing away. And on top of that is also, Mm -hmm. I remind them 
the 401k could be rolled into something else later on. You're not stuck with that. Mm -hmm. If you feel that you've left your company, you could roll it into something else. You could roll into IRA, another 401k, but don't just let that money go by. But there's a percentage of people who don't, you know, believe in that. But You're right, Eric. My son, it drives him crazy because... He, he's, it's a home run with him. He has definitely put away money. And one night he goes, Mom, you don't even know how many millennials that don't even mm-hmm. think about it. This, I don't want to hear about mm-hmm. it. That drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they think, oh, retirement. I don't want to think about that now. But you have yeah. to set it and forget it and just want something else. I like that. So on that. Yeah. Like, the, it will take, once you start putting that money aside, You at first it hurts a little bit. You're like, oh. But then. Yeah, that's what it is, because that's what it is. And that's your new, that's your new uh, uh, paycheck. Whatever is gone, is gone. So now it's your new paycheck and you work with that. But for a fact, that's, right. it's in the background working, doing this thing. We check on it from time to time. But once again, it's still back there, taking out money, reinvesting in the money. The company's putting in money for you. So yeah. on that note, you have seven money secrets. And these seven money secrets is to teach kids how to be better with finance since they're not getting it in school. So I'm going to go over just a couple, just to let the parents out there know what they could do at home that, hey, listen, the school is not giving it to you and will not ever give it to you and that you need to take the initiative to pass this on to your kids. One of them, which I really like, mm-hmm. was... Never dip into your investment savings principle. Karen, let's talk about that one. I just always felt once, I just always had this, but remember losing the, the heritage with them losing their money each year over and over heritage, one or the other. I always felt that if I was going to build anything, I was going to not use what I actually put in, but I would be, okay, I'll use mm-hmm. whatever the earnings are. And that's not as much when you're starting out, but it's a mentality that if you have that and then you tell right. that to your kids and you actually are building like you're building a generational thing in a mentality where in my case, I wanted to stop that whole generation has it. Next one loses it. You know, but by the time I hand off my estate to my children, it will be indelled in them that unless it's a business, they don't touch principal. I like that. that that's for a rainy day. That's for mm-hmm. everything just mm-hmm. goes. In a hand but other than that. It's not for buying cars. It's not for all all the luxuries and stuff. It just isn't. So I think as parents, we have to set the example for our kids. And if you live way above your means, which means many times you are dipping into quote unquote principle, it's not a good, for me, I don't think it's the best example for your children. So it's a balance though. You've got to teach them, you, you you earn money, so enjoy it. At the same time, have a bigger plan so that you have a direction that you're going and you two right. kids to go to. But I, on that note, I also believe that by passing on the principle from the next generation to the next generation, it's just going to get larger and larger. And that's easier for the next generation to live off of the interest that the investment is making. So that is kind of like basically your nest egg is helping your family name to be much better when it comes in the future because now they know how to invest number one they know how to live off the investment and then the last one is that the family name alone is getting better yes i'll, t- I'll in our family my dad taught me 
I don't know why it was just, he taught me you buy property and not a bunch. You just buy a house, you, you buy a piece of property. And that was instilled in me early on. And in fact, I grew up in a wealthy um, community, but again, we were humble with my dad being a carpet salesman. And he had back in, I don't even know when that was when he bought the home, but he had $6,000 left from that big mm-hmm. estate that had gone from his parents because his parents died by the time he was 12. Mm-hmm. He took that 6000 and bought our home and that home ended up going up to 700000 and was his retirement in the end of his life. He would not have had that retirement had he not taken that money all the money he had and put it into property. How about that? How about that? You know what? That's what we need to teach our kids. And that's what, it, and that's what that's our kids what should be teaching to their kids and so on and so on yep. until it becomes second yep. nature. It's, it, it's generational. Yeah. It's generational, this stuff, as far as what, how you teach them and what values in my mind should be taught. And you know what, Eric, the thing is, when you teach these things, it's protecting your family, your offspring, even ancillary, my ne- my nephews and whatnot, I've always been able to help when it's been needed because I've made those decisions mm-hmm. that my dad taught mm-hmm. me. And I think it's a little bit of a lost art. So. I think it's just something that's been forgotten. It is, yeah. It's just lost. I don't see it anymore. Let's put it like that. I really don't see it anymore. So yeah. another one, another point, another money secret that you have is never, ever live above your means. That, the biggest thing on that. It's funny because your kids would say, oh, my gosh, but they have these Mm. great cars and they live in these huge houses. And I would say but they also owe other people a lot of money. A bank is loaning them that money for that. And I think the basic lesson that you teach your children in that particular secret, I should say, is that if you get a credit card, which I'm a proponent of children getting that at some point, maybe 17, 18 and working with them, but they are to pay it off monthly. You never carry a balance. Mm-hmm. Never. I. The only thing that my children, what I've taught them to do is pick wisely. So if you're going to start to get a credit card to build credit, which is that's one of the reasons why I tell them to get a credit card, is that find the card that has the rewards that you want, whether it's airline miles or it's something for groceries or whatever it is, just make sure you pick wisely, but never carry a balance. Even, oh, it's so funny, Eric. So when I sold the company, I got out three years later to retire and take care of my kids. And I, for my young one, I was room mom for six years and they had no idea what I did. And until I wrote the book really recently, they were like, we had no idea what you did. And I'm like, it just really wasn't that big of a deal. I just never lived I just don't live right. flashy. I don't, because that's, not where, my, that's right. not where my values are. And on that note now, do your kids understand fully what you've done? You've pretty much made yourself financially free by the age of 38. And have they grasped the concept? Yeah. So I think they hear that from other people. But you got to realize that we only know what we grew mm. up with. <laughs> And I had to explain to my kids, I go this early on when I had a home that I was entertaining with the business and whatnot, I go, this is not, I I would say to them, this is not normal. You guys are not living a normal life right now. And so I think they really didn't know all the bits and pieces in terms of what I had done until I wrote the book, to be honest with you. And then it, I think, became a gift to them. But what's hilarious, my my son read it because he was all over it because of the, the 16 principles. But my girls are like here and there, they've read this. And if they were in one chapter, they read that chapter. And 
just funny. It's right, this is what right. they know. And uh, I've instilled in them that you, you do find your passion, do it well, and hopefully you are successful, but your family is the most important. And so it's hopefully that's what they're do carrying on. Do you want on. your kids to follow in your footsteps in that entrepreneurial way? If it makes them happy, for sure. We come from it like a long line of entrepreneur pioneers because when my great-grandparents came over the plains, they didn't actually dig for gold. They actually sold supplies to the miners. So they were entrepreneurs. And so I think it's in our blood. I, you know, I know for Michael, yeah, it's just there. At some point, we want to get our hands into the dirt and see what we can do for business. Here is one thing I always like to ask. I haven't asked this in a little while. What action steps can you tell the parents out there that they could give to their children right now in order to get them more ready when it comes to money. There's always the setting them up with allowance. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't all that great about that because when my older kids were that age, I was traveling a lot and whatnot. But I think allowance is a good lesson, having stuff to do around the house. I think that you just don't give them everything. And, and I have to tell you, Eric, what's interesting is all three of my kids, and I don't want to use the word frugal, but they're all very thrifty. And they are just because of whatever that was growing up, they just have they learn to be with their own money, really manage it well. So I would the action steps would be watch how you watch the example you give them. If you give them an example that, that you would want them to have and you would want them to be when they get older, work on an allowance system with them. Don't give them everything. And I would highly recommend that if they're going to buy a car, that they need to have some skin in the game. And then get them when they start to buy, once they have a car and they're going to 18 and they're, hopefully they're going to go on to college, then you start with a credit card and you teach them that lesson about not living above you know, your means and, and you pay right. it off. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Playing for Keeps. Let the parents know exactly where did it start from and why did you start this book? I uh, Let's see where I started. <laughs> if you come back to the origin, I, I was a girl on the playground that loved to play sports and always wanted to beat the boys. And I figured if I could beat the boys, then I, mm. I was a winner. And so I played a lot of sports um, throughout high school. And then I took that same mentality into business as a woman and competing. And it was always men. It was always Again, the boys and me. I built a book of business I bought from scratch and then was in the business for about 15 or no, 14 years or so. And then sold to a large company, the second largest bro broker in the world, Aon. And then in you know 2001, had kind of close brush with 9-11 and it made me reprioritize what my my what needed to happen with my kids. And then I retired three years later. So I retired in 2004. And I, I also took care of my dad and my dad had done some parallel research with my heritage. And then when my dad, right before he passed away, I promised I would write the book on the Ellison's, which was the heritage piece. And then also I worked in my story because it's, there's this heritage and then mm -hmm. here comes the woman, right? <laughs> no, no one expects <laughs> the woman to come along, but she's here at some point. And it was just about breaking the glass ceiling and just being in a big pond that was not really familiar for me, but it was because I could compete. It didn't matter if I was a woman or not. I could, it was good. So that's the generally playing for keeps how a 21st century businesswoman beat the boys. What is the best thing that has happened to you since you started? Since Just I started the journey, my the journey, job, the whole journey itself. Because oh god, Come on, I'm a mom, <laughs> so it's my kid, right? Gosh, I will have to say that my dad was a peach, and I was able to walk with him the last 17 years. 
of his life. And it was just an honor for me in those last years to take care of him. And that just really shaped a lot of really what I put in the book as well. It's just for me, Eric, it's, it's family. It's just, it's you take, I take care of my kids. You take care of your elders. It's a, a lot, like you said, it's a lost art, but that's really what my oh, life is about. That's good. Teresa, what is the best piece of advice you could give the parents? Best piece of advice. Okay. So I don't, I'm just going to tell you what I did with my kids. I always felt that I, for college, my, my children didn't have a choice. So it, but it didn't matter how they got their undergraduate d- degree. It really didn't matter to me. It could be a junior college. It could be a four-year college, but they had to get their degree. And whether the my daughter or my son, same thing. But if they went on after that, it was on their dime. And one of them, she's a doctor in, in occupational therapy. She's got a significant debt, but you know what? That was, that's the deal going in. Again, I feel children need to have some skin in the game. And so whatever you're doing in whatever part of their life, figure that out, whether it's they buy their car, maybe you match a little bit. It's a big job working and getting your kids through and up through college. I'll tell you, I I call it getting Mm -hmm. them to and through because it's just, and I always say I have two that are two and three. I have one left, but, and then it just goes back to just watch your example. Watch the example that you're providing. Even the things that you don't think. <laughs> they see. They see. <laughs> they see. <laughs> I try to tell my wife that. You don't think she saw that, but she's somewhere around here. Trust me. She saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they uh-huh. have big ears. Yeah. Teresa, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us. Let the parents out there know what you got going on. What's your next project? And how can we get in contact with you in order to continue this conversation? I, so I have a website. It's TeresaAllison.com. And that's T-H-E-R-E-S-E. I say E for empowerment. Allison.com. And there's a lot of stuff on there. Some, it was funny because some woman said, it's almost like you've written a second book on your website. And I, I guess I have. But as far as my projects, I, I'm starting to think about maybe doing a second book trying to that's gelling and i would like to ultimately do some mentoring of people in business so that's my way to give back Mm -hmm. still figuring that out but you can get to my all of my contact information is on all right once again Teresa, thank you for coming on the show and we definitely loved having you as a guest thank you eric for having me i appreciate it That was a fun conversation that I had with Teresa. Now, for me, your family name is something that each generation should look to build upon as time goes by, meaning each generation should be compounding knowledge on the next generation. This is one positive way to contribute to your family name. This is why we stress financial literacy for being part of your child's foundation. No matter what they want to be in life, they'll have a strong financial background. Then they're going to build on that. And then guess what? They're going to pass it on to their kids and then so on and so on. So don't worry if you don't have assets, money, material things to give to your kids. One thing that you can give to them, which is knowledge, and that is absolutely free. So as always, if you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. If you are not a first-time listener and you already subscribe, tell a friend, tell another parent, tell another guardian. Let them know about this show and share. Until next show, stay safe. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Blazing Financial Freedom, the podcast. 
Stay connected with us directly through RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. You can also join the discussion on social media, which you can also find links on our website. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through info at RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.